remember having a meal with my wife on the night and just we both got kind of emotional so in, oh, wow, you know look go back a year it took me 15 months to, to, to lose the seven stone and, and it was quite quick really but to where I was and we, and everything kept, sort of came out about how the world's worried about me worried about my health worried about my mental health my drinking it was just like the the cherry on the top it was like you know I got through it you know I, we did it so it kind of feels weird because I can understand people that have that have been overweight all their life I get that now I get that completely yeah. but I kind of it kind of became an injury that led me to be overweight to make me understand about being overweight so my journey yeah. is very much a lot different but I'm still Absolutely. I still got the same mindset as somebody who's always been overweight because I can imagine what it must have been like well I can't imagine but I can I can sort of try and imagine just what it must have been like for someone growing up with all that the bullying at mm. school and, and everything else Slimming Story just branching out I've created a Facebook group and over the next couple of months I'll be building a community starting with live Slimming Story conversations this is your opportunity to feature on one of the upcoming podcast episodes and share your weight loss journey are you with me? all you need to do is just click on the link in the podcast show notes or search for Slimming Stories within the group feature on Facebook. I would love to see you there. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Slimming Stories. I'm your host, Claire Oldham-West. Can you believe that the stores in the UK, the clothes stores, are actually opening tomorrow? Oh my goodness, my bank's going to feel it. I think my husband's going to be dying, thinking how much is she going to spend. I'm just really excited just to get shopping again. Really, truly am. Today's guest is a real inspiration and if you're not feeling it, if you're not excited that the the golf clubs have opened, you know, gyms are nearly open and the the closed stores are on the horizon, if that doesn't excite you, if if you're not feeling motivated that I do know that Mark Smith really helped to motivate you into, into making some changes. And you may know Mark Smith from Instagram already, he's quite popular over there. And this journey is quite different to many of my guests that I've interviewed. He's not had the difficulties of childhood with food or in his teens or early 20s as an adult. Mark Smith had an accident that left him with complications with his health. And I'll let him tell you his story. It really is just lovely to hear somebody just be really honest and open as always. And then we can really make that connection into the fact that even when you're struggling, there's always hope and there's that thing that you can hold on to and just make those small changes and then they can snowball into something that helps us achieve our goals and our intentions for our health journey. Here's introducing Mark Smith to his episode of Slimming Stories. I've never really struggled my way up to being around in probably in my 30s and because I'm quite a tall guy I kind of carried it quite well I played a little bit of rugby and a little bit of sport and I did a lot of exercising so I was I was always a big guy but never never really overweight and then it, it all kind of happened when I when I had an injury um, a few years ago 2017 my granddad who passed away he had dementia he was 96 he was he had a good innings he was a good guy but when he passed away we decided to go and, and put his ashes in my grandma's grave. Um, and as I got there, the gravestone that was next door had tipped over. Someone had kicked the gravestone over. So I went to pick it up and snapped my distal tendon, my left arm. And the distal tendon is what fastens your bicep to your forearm. 
initially I thought I'd broke my arm. Um, I went to the, went to straight to A&E and they said that, you know, we need to do a, a scan and find out what went wrong. And basically what happened was I had an operation, private operation. Um, and it, when I would come out of the operation, I was in absolute agony. Like I couldn't even, it felt like my arm was on fire mm. and they couldn't understand it. So they give me a nerve block. And uh, after the nerve block, um, a few weeks later, this it just kept coming back, really bad pain. And I lost all use of my hand. My hand was sort of curled up and it was like here. Right. And when they checked the um, the scan, they, they realized that they'd actually severed the radial nerve, which is the main nerve that you can operate all your hand and your arm with. They, yeah. They'd actually severed it. Well, they didn't actually sever it. They'd crushed it. So they'd, they'd squashed it and kind of damaged it. Yeah. And basically said that I would have like 20% chance of ever getting the use of my arm back. And it kind of went downhill from there. God. I kind of, um, I was, I had a really stressful job. Mm. I was uh, really, really busy. And then I had to take some time off work. I was given some really strong painkillers um, and nerve suppressants. So I was just numb. Mm. Um, I would sit in the chair during the day and throughout the day, I would just, the day would just fly by. And that's when I kind of gradually started overeating and I got a little bit of depression. So I, and I didn't realize I had depression. I just started really feeling really low thinking, you know, my active life's over and I'm just going to be sat with this, with this arm. I was quite, I remember once I walked past the reflection in the kitchen window and I was like this and mm. I, I had a beard down here and my hair was long and I just thought, Oh my God, I've, I think I burst into tears. I was like, mm. my life's over kind of thing. And after about three months, they threw me a little bit of a lifeline and said that I could um, have an operation which they use a different nerve that you don't really use underneath your arm here that they could reattach and you could get like a nip so you could like pick things up. So I thought, okay. right, let's, let's go for it. But during that time, I was, I mean, the, the food I was consuming was ridiculous because the, the problem was that the, the drugs that I was taking stopped you from feeling full. So I didn't know this at the time. I mean, in the morning, I would, I would order uh, bacon sandwiches. As soon as my wife went to work, it would be bacon sandwiches, and it would be two or three sausage rolls, everything, dinner time, pizza, evening. Yeah. I would cook a meal for my wife come home, and then after that, when she went to bed, I'd order something else. I just couldn't get full. And with the depression as well, I was drinking, so I started drinking. So, yeah, so after a, after a period of time thinking that I'm never going to get the use of my arm back and being in horrendous pain, um, the doctors offered me a, a, an alternative where they would, would uh, remove, uh, refasten some tendons to another nerve that I could train over a mm. period of time to be able to use my hand. But it was like once that, once that was done, um, there was no way back. It was like once they'd done that, I would only ever be able to nip things, use my finger and thumb, and I wouldn't be able to use my arm. My arm would be completely just dead, um, but, I, but I'd be able to pick things up. So... I decided that I would uh, I would go for that. They then did the operation. They got a, a specialist from Leeds, and he did the operation in two and a half hour, hours, and he reattached the nerve in, in the end because he said there is a possibility we can reattach it and repair it. So they did that, and then another another four months went by, and I was just by that time I'd gained about three stone, pretty much just using food and alcohol as as a bit of a, a crutch. Really, my family were very worried about me. I wasn't the same person. I can't, I can't quite imagine that, you know, you've had this situation where you've gone to this, this graveyard, you've, you've gone there to pay yeah. respects to your family and then this has happened and then you've yeah. had this, this scenario unfold. So before that happened, how was your life before that time? Was you leading a, a full and yeah, active absolutely. life? Yeah, I mean, I was one of these people that, that would, 
would look at people that are overweight and, you know, I would think that they're just greedy people. I mean, I look that back now and I think, and I can't believe I thought like that because I was so active and because I did quite a few adventures and like climbing mountains and things and, and doing and canyoning and things like that. When I ever saw someone overweight, I was never rude to people, but in the back of my mind, I thought, oh God, stop eating. But then I realized yeah. later on, it's more of a, it's more of a psychological thing. And I think that's why I grabbed onto Instagram because I kind of wanted to kind of not, yeah, kind of give something back and be a little bit more motivational and understand that it's more of a, of a mental issue. It's it's nothing to do with just being greedy or just overeating for the sake of it. It's a crutch for many people. And a lot yeah. of people that have suffered with depression can be overweight because they use that. And you can tell, you know, this time of year when people are, you know, they've had a tough year with COVID and, you know, Christmas, the amount of people have said to put weight on, it's because they need to have some kind of release. That's right. And some sort of goal. And I imagine that yeah. having received that news and, you know, you're on this this medication that's that's numbing your feelings, numbing the ability to get that satisfaction from your food, because your mindset is quite mm. low and the fact that you're thinking, is this it? Is this yeah. is this now gonna be my future? That's yeah. obviously had a had an impact on your ability to I guess focus on anything for the future and anything positive and it shows you how quickly that mindset can shift from somebody like yourself you know that's never had a problem with the weight in the past or the as a young man and then this incident's happened and thank goodness that you've mm. you've now got the the use of your hands how did you feel in that moment when you learned that it had been a success and you could then use your hand as you normally had done in the past well, it was, it was a strange one because even after the operation to connect the, the, the nerve and um, to repair the nerve, they said that, you know, you'd still have, there's still a, a, a chance you'll never get your, the use of your arm back, but we'll just give it time. And it could be two or three years, you, you might get some movement. And so after that, uh, three months later, I was still, still with no, no feeling. And then, and it's really, this is, I, I never forget this. And sometimes I can get quite emotional thinking about it because I remember one Sunday morning, I woke up. And you know, when you lay on your arm and it's like numb and you think, yeah. oh, it's gone a bit dead. Well, I had no feeling in my arm whatsoever. And suddenly it felt numb. I rolled out of bed and I just lifted my hand up like that and it just moved. It just moved like this. Wow. And I could bend my elbow. And it was just, it was crazy. I remember jumping out of bed, just running. It was painful as well. Running around yeah. the house, just like, <laughs> just, I don't know what I was doing. I was in hysterics. I was like, wow, look, I can move. Yeah. And it was just amazing. It was the best feeling ever. And I contacted my doctor, he, the specialist called me in, he said, this is what happens if it does connect, it's like plugging in a socket, it's like suddenly them, them fibres have just connected. Like if people damage the spine, that can't repair, but your peripheral nervous system yeah. can actually repair itself after a period of time. So I was just a lucky one. And that's when I kind of got that whole, I need to get back, I need to, you know, everything just lifted. But at the time, mm -hmm. I still was suffering with depression. So... I was trying to lose a little bit of weight and trying to get myself sorted, but I was just not happy. Even though my arm had come back, it was like, but it was kind of everybody was saying to me, oh, your arm's back. But then I'd look in the mirror and I'd be like, I was 22 stone. It was kind mm. of, I've messed things up. So I decided to go visit my doctor and, um, and he did a lot of tests on me, blood tests, everything else. And that was a big shock, big shock, because from someone who was quite active to fit to being told I was pre-diabetic, I had a fatty liver and my cholesterol was ridiculously high. You need to go on statin. 
and you're a heart attack waiting to happen. It was just a Gosh. big wake-up call, massive wake-up call. And then he gave me some medication for the depression. And that kind of helped a bit, but initially it did drop my mood slightly down. But during that time, I started doing a lot of reading and looking at things like Slimming World. And Slimming World for me was not, not something I would ever, ever consider joining. No. I thought it was just all about not hardly eating anything and just, just getting weird every week and sitting in a room talking about how much you've, you've, you've gone overboard this week and stuff. I think Slimming World is such a great starting point for anybody that hasn't maybe looked into, you know, your, your mindset and things like that, because I, I feel that, that, you know, the whole like welcome, welcoming and accepting environment that you walk into is often just everything that people need to, to get started yeah. because, you know, you, you never know what people carry when they come into that room to get weighed it might be that they've Absolutely. not got support at home it might be that you know the family is sick and tired of seeing that person going on and off a diet and into being that environment where people kind of accept you and get you is is really it's really encouraging and for anybody that's not yeah been to slimming world or been part of that will really probably find this hard to understand but it's you feel it don't you and it's such a lovely yeah. way to get to get started so when you said that you felt or you understood slimming world to be like a, a diet mm. and I guess you, you you're thinking about restrictions how was your your week having been on plan how did you feel after that knowing that you'd been to your doctors and they said right okay this is a, a red flag this is a red flag I, I imagine that's kind of a pressure isn't it as well to yeah, yeah, carry into that room yeah and it was I, mean, the, I remember. I remember looking at, at joining Slimming World, and I was talking to a guy at work. I'd gone back to work. I literally, it's kind of came in stages because the first thing I did, because I had a lot of scars on my arms, I got tattoos, so I had to cover the scar. Right. So I decided to get a tattoo to cover a really long scar that goes down there. Okay. And then my mum hates them. My mum. Oh like, bless. <laughs> but but, I, but it made me feel confident to get to, to cover the damage that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had a little bit of physio to get my hand. I mean, it's completely back to normal now. I've got no feeling in it at all. I can't feel it, but I, but I can move it. So Brilliant. That's, that's the great thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was talking to a friend at work and he was going to a, a wedding and he was going to be a, a best man and he wanted to, to lose a little bit of weight. He only had a couple of stone to lose. And, he, and I said, I'll, I'll come with you. So I went with him and I walked in and I was thinking, the same old story you hear from people saying where you walk in, you think, oh, are they going to, what's it going to be like? And it didn't go well. I mean, I got on the scales and I looked down and there was 22 stones staring at me and I just thought, I didn't even realise I was that big. I didn't even, I, I didn't comprehend it. So yeah. I didn't really listen for the rest of the night. I just sat there thinking, I'm 22 stone, I'm 22 <laughs> stone. And it just bothered me. So this, the next week when I went back, I'd lost 17 and a half pound in a week, which is ridiculous. I remember I've got a video of the people in the room going, good grief. <laughs> but I felt proud. I was like, yeah, because yeah. I used to think that losing weight was about starving yourself. And if you wasn't feeling hungry and you wasn't feeling starved, then he wasn't yeah. really winning. You know, I didn't have a clue. So I remember feeling quite proud. I remember the consultant getting me to one side afterwards and saying, we need to talk. You, you, it's really good that you've lost 17 and a half pounds, but I don't think you're quite grasping it. So she went through food optimization and, and everything a little bit deeper with me and, 
I kind of took that on board as, as right, I'm going to follow this and see what happens. So I did. And for the first few months, although I wasn't following it to absolute T, because I don't think a lot of people, some people do, some people follow mm. it, but they adjust it for you, for yourself, really. Yes, I yeah. Sometimes. I kind of decided I'd start cooking a little bit more. So I got into cooking and the second week I lost two pound. The week after that I lost three, then I lost two. And then it was like one. So I never gained for my whole journey, but I kind of started enjoying the social aspect of it and listening to people's stories. And I'd find myself coming in with like, wow, well, that's amazing. So I didn't think the people in the room were overweight because there were just things going on or whatever. I just thought it was overweight because you all like food. It really did open my eyes to a whole new way of thinking about health and well-being and mental health and and the effects of it. And I'm not saying people are overweight due to being stressed or anything. Some people are just overweight because that, you know, that they'd enjoy food. But I think my experience kind of taught me there's different, there's all different avenues that people, the reasons why people are overweight. I wanted to help people as well. And I, so that's when I, I got my Instagram account and, and I thought, right, I'm going to start not just posting pictures of me before and after, posting some positive uh, quotes, some, you know, some positive messages, things to try and encourage some meals and stuff. So that's really where I went from then. And, I, and then I started loving Slimming World. It was like, it became great. I used to love going. Yeah. And then the magazine, they contacted me and asked me if I'd do a photo shoot in London, which was just amazing. Nothing that I'd ever experienced before. Oh. Yeah, that was, that was a really good experience. They, they'd rented a big house and they did, I had no different clothes. And I just felt great. I felt like I'd... Yeah. I'd I've achieved something that's great I, what I want to do is I'd just like to go back to your first week that you mentioned having yeah. lost those 70 pounds and I want to ask what you did that week do you know do you know what I did <laughs> I'm just I really interested every day I would wake up and, and I, did, I did a little bit of research on fasting and fasting is very you know it works for some people and works for others. And I think if you're bigger you can kind of fast a, you know intermittent throughout through the day but what I did was pretty dangerous really I mean I I got up in the morning and I thought right I'm just gonna have water and apple and then I would have some fish so it'd be like a mackerel in a tin or it'd be something tuna or something but then some days I wouldn't even eat I would just drink so when I, when I felt like I needed something, I would just have a, have a tin of mackerel. It was ridiculous. It wasn't, a, it wasn't sustainable. It wasn't the right thing to do. But I did feel good that, that first week. Yeah. I felt exhausted, absolutely exhausted. And I'm just curious as to what happened there, because I've seen this before as well, where people mm. will buy in to a, a company like Simon World and you see everything and you hear, you know, the positive comments and you see the the transformation stories and then you, you give the money over you get the pack you go home and you do you do the total opposite or you don't even take that on board it, there's a strange culture I feel around Simon World you, you get the people that will go to group and they'll stay and then you get the people that will go to group just to get weighed um and do their own thing which is, it's really bizarre isn't it and I'm so glad that you was able to turn that around and having it had a week where like you say you feel really drained although it was fantastic this this number I'd imagine to lose that mm. would have felt fantastic yeah but to then realize or recognize that you can actually follow a plan and, and feel satisfied with the food that you're eating and you know you, you've grown so much from that time in terms of you know your media presence on Instagram and and it's really nice to get guys on the the podcast which I didn't do at the, at the very beginning but I do get a lot of feedback 
from people to say it's really nice to hear that story that honesty from a, a guy and having them open up about about the weight loss journey so when you're on Instagram you've mentioned that you put quotes out there and you, you talk quite openly so what kind of feedback have you received been online well, the, feed, the feedback's been fantastic I mean a lot of people message me private, ask me how I do it. And I'm always honest with them and how, how I achieved it and what, you know, when people, sometimes people, you know, I, I think Slimming World is, it's a great tool to, to teach you that, about food. Uh, but I think it's about your individual, it's yourself, how you, how you manage that. And I think it's a really good education in food. I know there's the aspects of people, you know, the going that it's all about being weird and, and a competition, you know, slimmer of the week and all the rest of it. Yeah. But I, I kind of talk a little bit about body positivity because it doesn't really matter what size you are. If you don't feel right at a certain weight, then try and change, but be positive about it. Don't see it as a, as a big thing, as a big challenge, because it's, and what I mean by that, I think somebody, I think Kirsty said this to me, actually, um, Kirsty Ingram, she said to me one day, was talking about our oh, treat nights oh, i'm gonna have a treat night on friday and she went well, you're not a dog don't treat yourself <laughs> and i kind of understood it but yeah sometimes you need to enjoy food like christmas yeah. time when you're with your family it goes with it don't feel guilty no you know just just think focus more on your health and more on body positivity and i think that is that is the thing that i kind of took in took off um myself from slimming world slimming world taught me the f- nutrition of food and the different balances in food now, if you stick to Slimming World absolutely to the T, you'll gradually lose weight. If you adjust it to suit yourself with the lessons that they've taught you about food optimizing and things, I think it works. Because we all know how to lose weight. There's no magic formula. We all no, know exactly. if you eat too many calories, more than you burn, you're going to put weight on. Yeah. So there isn't joining Slimming World won't make you lose weight. Joining Slimming World and taking things from it and being positive with it and seeing your body as a positive you know, something to look after. Yeah. That's when that's when you achieve. And I think that was the turning point for me because I would eat when I wasn't hungry. I would eat because it was there. I would mm-hmm. never leave a plate, uh, you know, full uh, with a little bit on it. I would have to eat everything if someone left yeah. it. And it was like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm actually not making myself healthy. And it becomes a vicious cycle, doesn't it? Because you do it that does, yeah. and you feel guilty about it. So you carry on. But if you see food as, as an enjoyment, and it's difficult when you're in, when you when you're a slimming, you can't you kind of see food as an enemy. It's like no, I, mm. I'm not gonna. But if you see it as an enjoyment, and you you start enjoying cooking, and you start enjoying a little bit of exercise, and and you enjoy that odd meal, don't call it a treat. Just right today, I'm going to have that bag food. Then tomorrow, yeah. I'm, but <laughs> tomorrow, food. I'm going to be sensible. I'm going to you know balance it. So I think Slimming World is brilliant. It taught me how to be balanced. But I think a lot of people can go in Slimming World, and and it can become an obsession. I mean, I've been in Slimming World classes and even, you know, I know I have the 70 and a half pound, but there's been some weeks where people have, have lost eight, nine pound. And they've said that, Oh yeah, I followed this and I did this. And I'm back in my mind. I'm thinking you didn't, you probably stabbed yourself a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We all, we all do. It's difficult. It's a balance, isn't it? It's a balance. And how did you feel when you was, 22 stone and then the weight started to come off when you spoke there about looking at your your body in a positive way did you rush to the shops and go and spend lots of money on nice clothes in a lower size or did you wait till you lost all the weight because I really feel that it's really important for me to have clothes that I feel nice in now 
yeah. rather than like living leggings and think right okay when I get to size 14 I'm going to go and spend 500 pounds on clothes which I've done in the yeah. past I've gone stupid I've gone like I've thought no I'm gonna not gonna buy any more clothes I'm gonna wait till that time so did you find yourself in a quite um a positive way looking at how you can look at your image and readjust that and, and get comfortable with I guess your reflection because a lot of people do say that being a larger size it, it's quite difficult to see the smaller frame and and that kind of disconnect is always there yeah absolutely I think I think that's easy I think when when you some people when you lose weight you can still see yourself as being being big so I think what I did I, I while I was losing weight I'd buy a size lower in jeans and knowing that I'm still going to lose weight but I still wanted to feel good I still wanted to be the feel nice in clothes and you know I used to wear I always wore black you know from from when I put weight on it was black I've got black on tonight but I always I've always worn black and it was nice to get some colors it was nice yeah. to be able to to buy something so I kind of got to a point where I was buying clothes and thank God for eBay because I was just sticking stuff on eBay every time I grew out of it. So it was like, you know, giving it to charity. It was like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. And, and, and I always had this image in my mind that I wanted to wear a nice suit, a nice sharp suit because I actually lost more weight than I, I was before I put on the weight, if you know what I mean. So to get to 15 stone, it was like a new me. It felt great and I felt yeah. healthy. I felt healthy. So on the back of that, I decided to join the gym and, I do like, a, I still do now, I do like 30 minutes every morning with the Zoom class now, obviously with the COVID, but um, I started, but even going back to the gym was was scary because I'd walk in and there was people that knew me and they were literally like, whoa, he's, he's a big guy. He's got big, but I just pulled oh. down and, and, I, and I got stuck in and, and the fear went. And I think, you know, when I see anybody at the gym that's, that's overweight, I've just, I've got so much admiration for them because it's, Absolutely. that's the hardest part, getting back to the gym. For me, when I went to the gym, it was kind of the icing on the cake for me because I, through my depression, I, I was offered a little bit of counseling through my company I worked for and they knew that I'd gone through the, the injury in my arm, they knew that, and, and I spoke to the HR and they was like, yeah, we'll, we'll sort you some counseling out. And I was really nervous about that. I was like, oh, I don't want to go counseling. It's going to be weird, but it really did help. And part of that was saying, you know, do you do any exercise? And I was like, I haven't since, you know, since I got my injury for over a year. And they said, it's really good for you, for, for the chemical balance in your body. And it'll be, and so that kind of helped me. So it wasn't so much about, oh, I need to lose more weight. It was more of trying to get rid of them negative chemicals in your body to make yeah. you feel better. And it, the endorphins after the workout, like you say, afterwards, I felt great. So I would mm. go to work. I wouldn't get a bacon sandwich at work. I'd think, right, I'm going to have a you know, something healthier. I want to have a bit of fruit or something or being at the gym kind of made me eat better as yeah, well. Yeah, I understand. I didn't yeah. want to waste that time. That's it. You've made that commitment, haven't you, to get healthy. You're not, yeah. going, to, you're not going to mess it up with having a, something greasy and, and nasty. And I understand that you've had quite a lot of support in terms of a, a personal trainer. And if you're not able to afford a personal trainer, I just think that even if you've got somebody in your corner to encourage you is fantastic but I have worked with a personal trainer and I do know that you know if you can invest in one and even you know during lockdown if you're not spending money going out on new clothes and things like that you can get a personal trainer to commit to zoom sessions one-to-one -one, and I think yeah. that is such an investment in yourself so how was your relationship with your PT coming from a point of having not exercised for so long, how did that progress? 
Well, the way it started really was my, my daughter is a, is a personal trainer. She's a Les Mills instructor and she, she's very fit. She was gymnastics when she wow. was younger and she was really fit. So she used to do um, Zoom classes with a group. So it was never just one-to-one, it was a, it was a group. So I was lucky enough to be able to join hairs. And, and then when she was doing a, a spin classes, I would sometimes go there. But we went to a, a local gym and there was a guy in the local gym uh, Luke, who I'm still seeing now, and he's he has groups of people, so it's not one to one. You can have one to ones, but it's a group of people. So in a, in a Zoom class in the morning, there's about ten of us. Yeah, and he basically does a routine and, and similar to what we do at the gym. But when gyms are open, we would get there for sticks and be finished by twenty past six, and it would just be a quick hit, flipping wow. tires and ropes <laughs> and stuff. And it's relatively inexpensive, really, because because you're doing it in a group. Gyms now, you can get a gym for what fifteen pound a month or something yeah. like that. I don't know, but but even if you can't, I mean, if, even when I can't get to the gym or you know, I had a break from it, especially during this time, I just flick onto YouTube and find some spin class or find um, something on YouTube. But I prefer, to be honest, going outside and doing things. Like today, I just yeah. thought I'd jump on the bike, stake my dog on the front, and we'll go for a ride across the Umber Bridge and back. And it was kind of, there's, there's always something you can do. And if it's a walk around the block in the morning, yeah. just, just to make you feel better. And if you move, if you move your body... I think it moves your mind to be more focused on what you're putting in your, in yourself. So, yeah. I think it gives you that momentum and it pushes you forward. Now, having yeah. a daughter, a Soleil Mills yes. instructor, talk about pressure. So did oh, your daughter yeah. push you on those spin classes? pushed me a lot because <laughs> obviously when, because when, it was so kind. I mean, no one ever said yeah. to me, you know, oh, what's your weight? Because I knew I was going through a bit. And then yeah. my daughter one day come around and she said, uh, right, do you want to do a, a Les Mills on a, on a Saturday morning at the university? And I said, really? What's all that about? <laughs> she went, oh, just come along, Dad. Just go at the back. So Sunday morning came and I remember being in bed and then there was a knock at the door and she was like, come on. And I had to get up, come downstairs, went, and I didn't want to go. I just didn't want to do it. And I stood at the back and I, she nearly killed me. But she was very good because she was like, she... You know, people have got this perception sometimes that when you go to a gym that you're going to be, or you do a spin class or a, a hit class or aerobics class, that you're going to be shouted at and you're going to be belittled and you're going to be, you know, mm. told, come on, do more, like you're in the army. Nothing like that at all. It was encouragement and there was options. So if you didn't want to do a certain position or you couldn't actually do something like star jumps, you could just like do squats or so she right. kind of give options. So that made me think, yeah, it's a lot different than I thought. And Luke, Bless. the guy who she used to work with, because uh, my daughter finally decided she would go back into work because she wants a family and things. So, and being in the gym game at the moment was, was a struggle. So, but Luke carried on doing it. So I thought, right, I'll, I'll stick with Luke. And he's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. He's nutrition wise and everything. He's, he doesn't not, never talks about weight loss or diet. He just talks about fitness and how you feel and, you know, drink plenty of water and make sure you eat a healthy, balanced diet. He's, yeah. You know, he doesn't judge. And in the class, there's, there's people from probably nine stone to 20 stone in his class in the morning. Oh, that's so lovely. That's great. lovely, isn't we it? Have, we have a great laugh. Um, Brilliant. And it's nice that that's positive for you. And I've read your your story, but I'd just like to hear it from yourself about the time that you was at the gym and somebody thought that they recognised you in the gym. Well, it was strange because I, I mem- I, I, when I joined the gym again, I remember just got, they used to have a, a sauna and stuff. And, and obviously, before that, I wouldn't. I was even even when I was eighteen stone, I was I'd, I'd go to the gym, but I'd, I probably wouldn't do a lot. I was just one of them people that just watched the TV and went on the treadmill for a bit. And, um, but I went into the the sauna, and I hadn't been for a long time. 
and I did go right at the beginning and, and this, I got talking to this guy when I was 22 stone and just after I got my arm back and he said to me in the, in the, in the sauna, he said, uh, did your dad come here? And I was like, no, no, no. I see you just look like somebody. I'm sure some, and, and, and then when I walked out, I realized that he actually was thinking of me previously before I'd lost my seven stone. He was actually thought I was somebody else, which, wow. which was a nice bit. And when I spoke to him the next day, I said, you do know it and he was like yeah i realized when i'd gone when i when i was watched you on the trip a little bit later on i thought oh my god it's the same person oh fantastic uh, so fantastic yeah, i mean i had a big long beard gray beard <laughs> i had long hair i was like i was a mess i had big oh. rosy red cheeks and um, had a lot did you have to have a follow-up with your gp to to look at that in terms of if if that had reduced at any point when you get to a certain age, when you're over 40, it's kind of like you can go for a, a health check every year and then just wear the check your blood and stuff. So I just went for my routine yearly health check. And obviously the one I had previous wasn't good. And they were quite shocked because, you know, the results were completely the opposite. And I remember feeling, I, I was still suffering with a bit of depression, but it was, it was a lot better. But to answer the question, I think my depression got better first. I think I, I mm. kind of became happier Obviously, with it, with being at home, sat on the sofa for eight and a half months, watching flog it was wasn't healthy. Um, so being able to get out and starting to lose weight and starting to people to start recognizing and that was a good feeling. People, yeah, just, oh, you look really healthy and, and so yeah. But the doctors, well, basically everything happened at once because when I got tested, my pre-diabetic had gone, my cholesterol was in a safe way, everything was great. I came off statin about three or four months before that because they'd done a test just to check where I was for the next set of medication. So I, my health kind of crept in, but the biggest thing for me was my mental health. With that came this Slimming Well Matt positivity that I just started throwing at everybody on Instagram <laughs> because it was like, I kind of felt that I could share this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was one of these people before Instagram and before Slimming Well that I was like, no, Instagram, not for me. Yeah, I, I kind of use it as a tool. It's kind of nice to be able to to make myself feel better, really. And if I can help other people as well on the way, it just it just gives you that bit of self that you're sharing something. Exactly. Um, the Swimming World accounts I follow are very real. I don't often see many that are very picture perfect all the time. I'm not. I'm not against filters all the time or nice photos. Don't get me wrong, but I feel that with the Swimming World community, you will get you know a fantastic photo and then you might get a day where people are sharing that they've had a bit of a rubbish day you know yeah. you get a general feeling of how somebody's yeah. life is is going and it's not all you know pie in the sky or being super depressed there's like that that even keel of, of a normal normal happy healthy life and you know people have ups and they have downs anyway regardless of whether they're suffering with depression or not and I think exactly. having heard your journey and having had this weight loss and seeing that reflection in the mirror to then know that you're traveling down to London to be in the Slimming World magazine and have a photo shoot. How did that feel? Having had all that exercise and that that build-up, I guess, from your community on your Instagram too. How did that feel? Oh, it felt amazing. It felt absolutely amazing. I mean, we got there and it was like they made me feel so welcome, and it was like I felt like I don't know. I, I did kind of enjoy it. It was too too much, um, because some of the clothes that I was wearing. I mean, they did quite a lot of photographs, and and they yeah. only pick a certain amount for the magazine. But what they did pick was 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 good, and I, and I, and I kind of 
but they made you feel really good all day. I went up the night before, we stopped in a real nice hotel, all expenses. It was just like, it was like a reward for what I'd done. It was like, you know, some kind of recognition. And I remember having a meal with my wife on the night and just, we both got kind of emotional saying, oh, wow, you know, look, go back a year, a year and a half. I mean, it took me 15 months to, to, to lose the seven stone and, and it was quite quick really. But to where I was and, we, and everything kept, sort of came out about how the world was worried about me, worried about my health, worried about my mental health, my drinking and everything else. So it kind of, it was just like the, the cherry on the top. It was like, you know, I got through it, you know, I, we did it. So it kind of feels weird because I can understand people that have, that have been overweight all their life. I get that now. I get that completely. Yeah. But I kind of, it kind of became an injury that led me to be overweight to make me understand about being overweight. So my journey yeah. is very much a lot different, but I'm still, Absolutely. I still got the same mindset as somebody who's always been overweight. Cause I can imagine what it must've been like. Well, I can't imagine, but I can, I can sort of try and imagine just what it must've been like for someone growing up with all that, the bullying at mm. school and, and everything else. So and that's great. The, the community that I, I speak with now at my Slim Wild group and friends that I've met, it's really nice to listen to their stories. And, you know, when Kirsty was talking about a story on the podcast of the week and I have people that contact me on Zoom and we talk, it's really inspiring. So I kind of get that out of it. I kind of get, and that helps me to understand that it, even though I had this little uh, blip in my life, mm. which, which caused me to be overweight, it could have been something that I've lived with all my life. So yeah. So yeah, going slimming well, that day was just like, it was just a big eye open. It was amazing. It was just like, right, you've done it. And, Definitely. and when, I, when I came back home, it was like, you know, waiting for the magazine to come out and then it came out just as lockdown started. So right. Um, I couldn't really celebrate in the group and things, so, but it, but it was just, it just felt great. It just felt really Yeah. So it's, it's a great achievement. And I think like you've explained that, not having an issue with your weight and then having this new understanding and an empathy towards people that have, have been overweight and then being able to help people like that on your Instagram. I mean, you've got loads to offer anybody that wants to be inspired in terms of their health. I keep referring to health journey rather than weight loss because it is a health journey, I, think, really. I think there's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of pressure around the scales often you know, we've just gone into a new lockdown and, you know, this week on the podcast that I released, I talk about tips I feel help me, you know, but we can't get away from that noise at the moment. It's still there. And when I release this podcast episode, hopefully it's uh, it's baited <laughs> down and it's all, all in the past. How can you offer advice in terms of getting people to, to reach out, feel inspired and make some healthy changes? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing that I, that I always tell people when, when I speak to people is be patient. Don't rush it. Don't think it's something you can do. And and and, and this week's been been crazy on my Instagram because people have been messaging me about, oh, please help. I've lost control over Christmas. And I don't know oh. what to do. I've, I've put weight on. What can, can you give me a plan? I'm really going to go for it. And I kind of like, whoa, just think about it. It's not, you don't, you're not going to lose weight this week. You're not going to get, you know, you may put weight on over Christmas and feel unhealthy, but it's, Think of the think of the long journey and just start again gradually. Don't rush it. Be patient. That's the biggest thing for me. And then just do a little bit of exercise. You know yourself when when you go to a gym after, when before lockdown, you go to a gym after New Year. It's packed with people want, wanting to lose weight, and everybody's like fired up. And I think that can be quite destructive for your for your mindset because you put so much. It's similar to me when I first went slim well and lost seventeen and a half pounds. It's kind of you throw everything yeah. at it. 
and you fail within a week or so. So gradually put everything behind you and just go, right, I'm just going to start gradually. And in two or three months, I may have lost a few pounds, but at least I'm doing it the right way. Um, but patience in slimming is is what what I really try and tell people to stay with, to, to, to think about, because if mm. you're not patient, you'll fail because it's a lifestyle change. It's not yeah. a, it's not a diet. I don't like the word diet because it's kind of, it, it tells you that there's some sort of restriction there. Um, and it shouldn't be a restriction. It should be just a healthy way of living because Absolutely. if you, if it's, it's like people that stop smoking, you know, people, people smoke um, and then suddenly they'll stop. And it'll be an absolute, they'll, they'll be climbing the walls. They'll be like everything else, but you know, yeah. and really it's, everything's got to be gradual when you throw everything at it and you go, right, I'm going to, I'm going to lose weight. This is it. I'm so determined. The passion's there and everything. You can just go over the top mm. um, and you can, you can, you can fail quite quickly. And I'm going to say about smoking people that stop smoking. When I stopped smoking, I, I thought to myself, well, I stopped smoking, but I always wanted a cigarette every single day. It was like, you know, I need one, I need one. And then I'd got through three months without smoking and climbing the walls, not being able to have a cigarette. And it was just, it was just willpower. It wasn't, I, I didn't get that out of my head because smoking no. was still there. And it's similar to food. You need to adjust. So I, I, I kind of saw smoking as like, like self-harm. When you have a cigarette, you feel rubbish. Absolutely. When you have a burger, you feel rubbish. So to stop seeing it as a, as, a, as a reward. I think it's really important that we actually look at food as fuel. And there's a lady, an American lady called Mel Robbins, that talks about smoking as being a big F you to yourself. It's like, you know, you yeah, know yeah. the cigarette isn't good. You buy the packet, it says this will kill you or whatever it says yeah. in the packet. Yeah, that's the and point. And yet you do it. So it's like... a stuff everybody i'm going to do it anyway and yeah you know it's like a big f you to yourself isn't it same with yeah. with food it's like you have, you have these great intentions and before you know it you've got this huge plate of food that you you eat and then yeah. you feel like you're going to be you know you, you either fall to the top you can't go to bed because you're thinking goodness my belly needs to go down i need yeah. to digest this food or you wake up in the morning it's like why did i you know why did i do that and, and i i get that um mm. and it there is a process in terms of calming the mind and then calming the behavior, the erratic behavior, let's say around food. And that, that is a connection that I found. And in terms of mindfulness, I feel that hypnotherapy, meditation, sound baths, I don't know if you've ever tried a sound bath, Mark, but when you go on YouTube, just put in, put in sound bath, they're amazing. It's just, it's like when you go out, go for a spa or something like that, the music's amazing and it's just really, really relaxing. So, you know, yeah. about having a stressful job and, and things like that. If you've had a really intense day, just put a sound bath on. It's just, it allows yeah. you to just like drift, drift off. And, and that connect in terms of mindset, a healthy eating plan and not putting the pressure on yourself because I feel that it's a pressure of getting a certain number yeah, in your head it. in terms of your either like your dress size, your, your waist size or whatever it says on the scales, getting that thing in your head and thinking, right, okay, I want that. And, you know, sometimes that's good. It's nice to have a goal, but sometimes that pressure can just send you over the edge. But accepting, like you've explained, that this is a lifestyle choice, it's a lot more kinder to our minds, to our self-esteem, to our 
to our being to accept that okay this is going to happen every day for the rest of my life so let's yeah. not starve ourselves and not let's not go crazy with the food yeah it's like someone said someone said to me the other day and I, and I use this quote I don't know where I got it from but I found this quote and it was uh it was about you know what's what's motivated you to how did you get motivated to lose weight I said I wasn't motivated when I started losing weight and and and, and eating healthy I didn't have any motivation I pretended that I had motivation the motivation came after a period of time you motivate yourself point I was making starting in, in the new year and, and being hard on yourself and go right I'm fully motivated I'm going to kick it you're not really you're kidding yourself just do it slowly and then the motivation will come in time yeah. and I think that's when when you when you realize that you're motivated and you're kinder to yourself then you're less likely to slip up and just jeopardize everything by thinking I've just one bad meal that's it the next day I've had it I'm just going to eat for England I just feel rubbish that's um, it so it's a gradual thing, and it's it's not easy. I mean, I, you know, somebody said to me, "Oh, how can you? How can you? Do, you're so brilliant. You've lost all this weight." And I said, "Well, I go up and down still. I have weeks where I put weight on. I have weeks that I go right. I'm going to get back on it, do a bit more exercise." You know, everybody has moments in the life that they're going to tend to food, but if you can recognise that and stop beating yourself up about it, I think that's the key to success in the future. I think that's when when it becomes a lifestyle change. And in even three or four months down the road, you, you suddenly hit a brick wall or things happen and, you know, life gets in the way and you do slip up. Don't beat yourself up. Just get back on it no. and just refocus. And it's easier said than done. I understand that. And I understand, you know, the food and, and food addiction and, and all, you know, the way people see food and enjoy food. In this day and age, with you only have to switch your TV on at nine o'clock at night time. There's a picture of a McDonald's in front of you with some... Yeah. <laughs> lovely slim person eating it and you think oh I, I want a mcdonald's it's everything's being pushed at you from the media from advertisements so that was a good thing as well i stopped actually watching adverts when i was right i thought every time an advert comes on subconsciously there was a pizza on there and i was thinking right i want one and then i'd spend the rest of the night thinking about it just think about your health think about body positivity and who wants to be skinny who want you know some people do some people don't if you want to be healthy and you want to wear a nice dress or you want to wear a nice suit and you want to feel better and that's your motivation use that i'm very conscious that some of the posts that i put on and, and just lately I've, I've looked back and i've thought and i've deleted a few because there was some posts that that, that, that you know i'd even adjusted myself or filtered myself and I, and I think and through my journey of learning about being slim and learning about being healthy it's not healthy to think like that. I think everybody no. else is doing brilliant and you're not. How many times have you looked at, especially this week, how many times have you looked at someone's post and thought, oh God, I wish I was doing that because I've just eaten a burger or I've just done it. And, and it can be, it can be quite, quite harming. So I'm kind of conscious of that. This new year, I've decided to do more on about just cooking meals and, and what yeah. you can do healthier because I'm learning the journey of, of losing weight and being healthy. I don't like to say losing weight. I just mean being healthy. Yeah, uh, losing being a being a, a healthy weight is is a good thing, work, good place to be. So, yeah, I think I think the whole mindset of of weight loss needs to needs to change. I think slimming well, weight watchers, all these that they're, they're good, but you've got to take out of it something which is which will benefit you. But then think about what, why you're really doing it, and it's you know, and if it's for somebody else or it's what how you want to be seen by other people. That's when you can fall. You've got to really want it for yourself. And I say it's easy to know. I'm still finding the answers myself. I don't know the answers, but I just all I try and do is share 
how my experience has been from somebody who's who's been an average weight to where I am now and try and understand people people's journey but if I can help I can help if I can't then you know some people have got different opinions on different things we can be available for other people but we can't yeah. be responsible absolutely for fixing everyone and what you said there about think about why you're doing it I think really and when I say aiming on the why I mean really connect to that why and if it yeah. means that it's chaotic and you have to go and stay with a family friend or you have to go I know we can't at the moment but send yourself away and just really try and get in a get yourself quiet and I think this is where I'm trying to talk on the podcast around just being quiet and having a quiet space and it might be that you take yourself to a golf course just go on a walk and just have quiet because we're surrounded by distractions on a constant and and we forget the the beauty and the therapy of just being still and in terms of connecting to the why, if your why is influenced by somebody that wants to see you a certain way, if you work for a company with messages that don't align to where you really want to be, then you really need to question the reason why you are wanting to lose weight, really homing on your why. But to do that, you've certainly got to be quiet. I, I don't feel personally that you can go to a slimming world group and you can have the question asked and you can literally just do it there and then. I think you really need to just be mindful and, and be still. And there's, yeah, it's such a gift in, in, in being still. It's been lovely chatting with you, Mark. And yeah, I'll continue to follow you on Instagram and look at those those great posts. And I know that you'll be out there supporting other people. I know that you've been on your bike recently. And I think we just need to keep busy, don't we? We don't really know what That's 2021's got ahead of us when, we, when we're actually recording this in January. But no doubt, if we can get ourselves in a good headspace, then I think there are possibilities. We can, we can look for possibilities and we can aim for, for new horizons, regardless of what's happening around us. So thank you Absolutely. so much for joining me today, Mark. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, thanks for having me. And I think you'll find and agree that, you know, sometimes when we really strip back the reasons that we give, that we can't commit to our weight loss goals, to our our self-care towards our bodies, that, that's what weight loss is. That, you know, we know that carrying an excess amount of weight is not healthy, but, we you know, we, we do it and we struggle and we go through that muddy water, don't we? But when we really stop and we ask ourselves, what is the reason that I can't do this? Often, it's that we're so busy with everything else, we literally just need to to take a breath, take a moment, and and see what we can do in those upcoming weeks. You know, see what we can do in the week ahead to make some positive changes. And maybe you're not really into it. I'm going to get this amount off, or maybe I'm going to lose these inches, or I'm going to drop a dress size. Maybe it's simply that. Each meal will be healthy. You know, we've got three, four meals in a day. Just choose one meal that you're going to choose to stick to plan and follow that through. Follow the intent of having one healthy meal a day and then take it from there. Take it from there. Write down what you're eating if that's what you need to do. If you've got a tracker, track track that meal. And just, you know, ease the pressure off if you're feeling like many now, you know, now the shops are open, there's going to be a new summer wardrobe to choose from and maybe you're not feeling comfortable 
in wearing the clothes for whatever reason. So we just have to start, don't we? We have to start somewhere. We have to start somewhere and make that choice to start and to see that intention through. And thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Simming Stories. Have a great week ahead. I'm really excited, like I said, to get into those shops and see, you know, all the summer colours. I, I just I just love shopping. I love shopping. And like my husband's like raving because, you know, the, the golf course is now back open. It's had two great golf games and I will be buzzing once I get into the clothes shops. And before I go, Mark Smith actually changed his Instagram handle since recording this episode. No doubt you already know who Mark is. He's quite popular over on Instagram. But if you'd like to follow him over there, his Instagram handle is MarkSmith99. Have a great week. Whatever you're doing, have a great week. Take care. Until next time, stay safe. Thank you.